In this episode, we speak in depth about the Great Conjunction, which occurs on December 21st when Jupiter and Saturn meet up at one degree Aquarius. I go back in time and history to talk about other conjunctions and what the Great Conjunction actually is. We also talk about December's astrology leading up to the Great Conjunction, the Sagittarius total solar eclipse, and there's a beautiful guided meditation to integrate all of this wisdom, as well as a guide on how to set intentions for this total solar eclipse. I'm so glad you're here and can't wait to dive in with you. Welcome to Stars, Stones, and Stories. I am your host, Rama, and together we are weaving ancient future wisdom as we birth the new earth. If you are into astrology, cosmology, living mythology, earth-based spirituality, kundalini technology, and ancestral healing, you are home. If you stumbled upon this podcast and are new to these topics, this is Sovereign Sanctuary to expand and deepen your wisdom. As a cosmic priestess, I witness many at the threshold of great transformation. I specialize in astrological divination, sacred site activations, and priestess arts for the Aquarian age. You may learn more about my work at ramatribe.com or follow Rama Tribe on YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and support the work at patreon.com backslash ramatribe. This Community is your opportunity to claim your story, your unique identity and power, knowing that you are the hero of your own journey. You are a hologram for the collective and you matter. The world needs your gifts and creativity now more than ever. Crystallize your medicine. great ancient ones, great ancestors, we call to you. May you hear the voices of your descendants traversing through time and space. We humbly ask for your support, your wise medicine ways, and your genius solutions in these times. Dear ancestors, we wish to partner with you, for we know we cannot do this alone. As we traverse the mystery, we ask that you, our starry ancestors, are with us each breath of the way. May we have clarity of mind and crystalline vision to see through the dark. 
May we walk our paths of high holy truth, as that is what is needed now more than ever. And so it is. Welcome to episode 16, The Great Conjunction, Spiritual Legacy in the Aquarian Age. In this episode, we're going to go in depth into what the Great Conjunction is, and this will be part one of a two-part series. The second part will drop on December 18th, two Venus days from the release of this episode, and I'm recording this on December 4th. I am so grateful to be here now with you, to be able to share my knowledge and wisdom that I've been collecting for over a year now on this specific great conjunction. And to be honest with you, I feel like I'm merely scratching the surface and there's so much more that could be said and could be shared. These are most important times. They are significant. They are holy. And this great conjunction is really opening up the gateway, the full portal into the Aquarian age. So the question is, what is the legacy we want to live? What is the spiritual legacy we want to live beyond our lives? And at this turning of the wheel, we have an opportunity to birth a cultural renaissance, and each one of us as humans breathing on the planet votes with our time, our sacred energy, our sacred life force onto the, the kind of earth, the human culture that we wish to create. So we are so powerful. We are so mighty in these times. This is a great awakening of social consciousness as the collective unconscious is coming more and more to the light. And we're going to break down what this means exactly in this episode. So please uh, bear with me. There's going to be timestamps in the show notes. If you cannot access the show notes through the player that you're listening to this podcast on, you can always go to starsstonesandstories.com and click on the particular episode and you will see the show notes there with the timestamps. I just want to take a moment to thank all of the amazing listeners who are gathered here. Thank you so much. A podcast is a true form of collaboration. And so I'm grateful that you're here collaborating with me. I love receiving your feedback on what you're enjoying, your questions, what you want to hear more of. We're going into a whole new terrain in 2021. So if you have particular topics you want to know about, please send me a message. You can direct message me on Instagram or Facebook. The handle is at Rama Tribe or at Stars, Stones, and Stories. And as of now, there's 2,000 unique listeners all around the world who have gathered and 49 countries represented. So thank you so much. I'm pretty honored to know that my next to the United States, the largest 
population listening is in India. So shout out to all of my brothers and sisters in India. It's an honor that you're all listening. I also just want to say that I welcome love offerings via Venmo at Rama Tribe. This podcast is my devotion and to sustain it is a minimum of $44 a month to keep the podcast going, which doesn't even factor in the minimum of 18 hours of energy I pour into each episode. If you feel called to share love offering, I welcome that. I also offer mutual reciprocity through my Patreon page. That's patreon.com, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com backslash Rama Tribe. And of course, you can always book sessions with me. I work with people all over the world, virtually and also locally in Appalachia. So we're going to dive into this awesome episode and I invite you to stay tuned for episode 17, which will drop on December 18th. That's part two of the Jupiter-Saturn conjunction. Nelson Mandela said, it always seems impossible until it's done. How do you shift the consciousness around impossible to I am possible, to it is possible, to all is possible? As we're opening up this gateway into the Aquarian age, we are becoming more and more celestial, more and more cosmic in our awareness. And with that, there comes a greater responsibility for each one of us as creators. So as we anchor into our concept of what spiritual legacy do we want to leave in this lifetime, as we anchor and we ground into that, then we can become mature creators, conscious creators, adult creators. <laughs> In many ways, humans have been living like child creators, but not free-spirited child creators, more like immature creators. And so here we are in December and the astrology opens up in the most beautiful way with the sun in Sagittarius. And as December began on the first, Mercury entered Sagittarius. So Mercury, the messenger god, Hermes, Thoth, that which rules how we communicate how we learn, how we express ideas, how we intuit, how we speak, how we write, how many languages we know, all of these things that work with the mind, what we would call the lower mind, our mind that is very focused in the day-to-day and connecting us with our networks, our social networks, our sisters, our brothers, our neighborhoods. 
Sagittarius is the archetype of the centaur, the wild horse, the wandering gypsy, the vision quester. This is a very optimistic, forward-looking sign that might be a little dogmatic at times because they're so straightforward. There is an enthusiasm, uh, independence, and just this energy of willingness to be able to take risks and to also be optimistic about the risks that are being taken. However, in the shadow, this Sagittarian energy can avoid commitment, can be very impatient, can be intolerant of ignorance, can be arrogant, can be irresponsible or fanatical, even jealous. And the Sagittarian energy is ruled by Jupiter. And as we're building up to this great conjunction, Jupiter and Saturn meet in Aquarius. So as this month opens up, Jupiter is on an, on an energetic level going through a celebratory time because the sun is ruled by Jupiter. Mercury is ruled by Jupiter. And on Tuesday, December 7th, the asteroid goddess Pallas Athene enters Aquarius. So Pallas Athene in mythology is the daughter of Zeus. She's born out of Zeus's head. And in mythology, this Greek storyline, Zeus is Jupiter. So Pallas Athene is the daughter of Jupiter. And since the beginning of 2020, she has been in the sign of Capricorn. She's been moving through Capricorn with Jupiter and Saturn and Pluto, which has created this very intense Capricorn council of energy that has been dissolving, decentralizing power, breaking down structures, and very old, old paradigms. So the asteroid goddess Pallas Athene, the warrior of the high mind, she's incredibly intelligent. And one way that I personally like to relate to her is I see her as this bridge between the patriarchy and the matriarchy, the divine masculine and the divine feminine, because she is born from Zeus's head, yet she is feminine and she comes from this line of patriarchy and she is fierce. She's a warrior. She stands for justice. And so I think it is very beautiful that Pallas Athene enters Aquarius. She opens the gates for the great conjunction. She opens the gates for Jupiter and Saturn. And in a number of years, Pluto to all come through into the age of Aquarius. So this goddess, this divine feminine being who has been sprung from the patriarchy opens these gates. And I think on a mythological level, this is really beautiful 
because this creates a bridge of healing that is so needed on the planet between the feminine and the masculine. And I just wish to state as I speak in my work about this dissolving of the patriarchy, this is not to demean the beauty and the importance of the divine masculine frequency because we need that divine masculine frequency now more than ever. We need it strong and engaged. We need men in their kingliness and their warriorship standing up, protecting women and children, protecting Mother Earth, protecting all beings in a way that is just, that is intelligent, that is kind. And the feminine in its true divine feminine loves and deeply respects the divine masculine. So as we speak about the patriarchy collapsing and crumbling, we are speaking about old, old, dinosaur-like systems that are mutilated versions of the masculine. And to be clear, the feminine too has played a role in that, and the feminine has mutilated versions of the feminine. And so when we speak to that, that is what we want to bring to light, to integrate, to create awareness and healing so that we can really evolve together both cosmically and consciously. Pallas Athene coming into Aquarius, she is coming on behalf of humanity, on behalf of earth consciousness, on behalf of all beings, seen and unseen in the earthly realms. She's coming with her shield and sword of truth and justice in her warriorship, and she has a lot of futuristic concepts, fresh new ideas, and she has the intelligence and the strategy to bring them into place. So this is a beautiful energy to open up this gateway of Aquarius as she has been hanging out in this council of Capricorn energy for the whole year of 2020. She is the initiator. And on December 14th, we have Sagittarius total solar eclipse. The star spark signature of Sagittarius 24 degrees is a statue of Isis covered by a transparent veil. This signature speaks to the essence of the Divine Mother that has the ability to restore life and to unite within that restoration a deep connection to the sacred, to the holy. And this connection to the sacred and the holy is facilitated by our vision and our alignment within the divine mother essence that lives and sits within each one of us, that holy temple within the four caverns of your heart, your sacred heart, your heart as a time travel device, your heart as a portal through time and space. And this is something I've written about. You can go to my website, ramatribe.com, 
and search your heart is a time travel device and you will pull up my writing about that. So we are poised here on the edge between the contemplative and the active worlds. And we have this ability through this journey to merge with the mother's light and breath. And this is very much like a quest. It is a sacred mystery that wants to become well-known. It wants to be unveiled. It wants to be absorbed and received by all that is around it. And it wants to be flowing and fluent and generative of all of these mysteries within the midst of life. The Divine Mother wants to be the sacred ingredient that turns each situation from the mundane to being very much alive. So this total solar eclipse is going to be phenomenal. And I will share the times where it will be seen around the world. It's not visible everywhere. The first location to see the partial eclipse will be on December 14th at 1333. These times are in UTC time zone. The first location to see the full eclipse begin will be December 14th at 1432. The maximum of the eclipse will be at 1613. The last location to see the full eclipse will be at 1754. And the last location to see the partial eclipse end will be at 1853. So you will have to look up your own location to see if you will be able to see the eclipse. However... I personally recommend to be in ceremony and meditation and ritual, whatever you're guided to, but to do something very sacred and also to make your ceremony for this eclipse really juicy, to make it in celebration of you, your own inner sanctum. This isn't a ceremony for anyone else. This is a ceremony for you and your connection with the divine. And as I close these podcast episodes, I always talk about how you are a hologram for the collective. Well, my dear sisters and brothers, this is your opportunity to really shine your light as a hologram for the collective. I mean, look at that star spark that I just shared with you that is so much aligned as a statue of Isis covered by a transparent veil. You are to become that holy inner sanctum, you are activating the inner temple within. You are becoming fully merged with your ka body, your energy double. You have everything you need. And even if it feels like you don't, you actually do. So I invite you with this total solar eclipse to ground into these frequencies because 23 Sagittarius 24 Sagittarius sits in between the great attractor and the galactic center. So the great attractor is approximately at 14 degrees Sagittarius. And this is like a womb within wombs within wombs of many galaxies. It is our 
point, our reference point that we could say allows us to travel out from this galaxy into other galactic wombs. At 27 degrees Sagittarius sits the galactic center. The galactic center is in the center of the Milky Way, 25,000 light years away. And the ancient Egyptians and the Egyptians alive today very much respect the mirroring between the Milky Way and the Nile River, the great melodic golden river of life. Our solar system takes 250 million years to orbit once around the galactic center. The galactic center is over 2,000 light years wide, and it was discovered in 1932, as we know in our current science. However, the Mayans, the ancient Mayans, described it as the heart of the sky and the tree of life. So this eclipse, this new moon, when sun and moon marry, they also marry with Mercury at 20 degrees Sagittarius. So the three of them marry Mercury, Tehuti, Thoth, transmitter of sacred wisdom, transmitter of holy information through writing, through intuition, through interpretation. They, together, the three of them, are broadcasting from the galactic center, from that point close to the great attractor. This is direct from source. This is new wave consciousness. And this is the womb of our creative center within our galaxy. So this solar eclipse is bringing in the new. And as it is bringing in the new, It is asking us to be willing to dissolve the old paradigms as the south node, that place of the past of ancient history is in Sagittarius, conjunct Mercury, conjunct the sun and moon. There are certain timelines we must drop, we must let go so that we can fully move forward. In this solar eclipse, both Venus and Juno are very tightly conjunct. This is the divine feminine. It's our connection to our values, that which we love, how we love. And Juno, the non-negotiable that we need in sacred union, and also the marriage, the mystical marriage between the divine feminine and the divine masculine frequencies. And they meet up at 29 degrees Scorpio at karmic completion. They have fully completed the cycle. They meet up here on the solar eclipse to remind us of the mysteries of rejuvenation, of going into the depths of how we may be like the scorpion and draw our boundaries when necessary, how we may be like the primordial snake shedding her skin 
life, death, life again and again, how we may be vast like the eagle with a wide, wide vision and the ability to feel our prey before they even consider harm, how we may embody that archetype of the phoenix with courage, knowing that as we burn in the purified ancestral flames, we will emerge with bright, cultivated consciousness. There's a broadcast of the power of prayer, of love for redemption. And Pallas Athene has heralded the Aquarian age. She has walked through the gate and she holds the gate open for Saturn and Jupiter and years later for Pluto to follow suit. On Monday, December 15th, Chiron in Aries stations direct and Venus shifts into Sagittarius. How we want to relate to others, our values shift into being more like the sage or the seeker, the priest, the priestess. And with Chiron, the wounded healer, the rainbow bridge in his journey in Aries, healing the divine masculine within each one of us and within the collective, he has been retrograde for a number of months. And so there's been time to reflect and restore and rejuvenate. And now he's continuing forward on his journey, going direct And this opens up an opportunity to invoke the sacred, to create holy spaces in these holy times as each day we draw closer and closer to this great conjunction. On Thursday, December 17th, Saturn enters Aquarius Saturn had a brief stint in Aquarius in the spring and then went retrograde back into Capricorn. And so now Saturn enters Aquarius, where Saturn will stay until March of 2023, when Saturn enters Pisces. And the following day on Venus Day, Juno enters Sagittarius. So the goddess of the mystical marriage also enters Sagittarius. We will have Venus, Juno, Mercury, and the Sun and the South Node all in Sagittarius as we move towards the Great Conjunction. The Great Conjunction. This is when Jupiter and Saturn meet in the sky. A conjunction is when two planets marry, and this year it occurs on December 21st at 1.20 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So in the year of 2020, when Jupiter and Saturn meet, it is a preparatory event that could be translated as humanity's full entry into the Aquarian age. Many philosophers have been debating on when the Aquarian age actually began. 
However, many astrologers would agree that the great conjunction of this year, 2020, heralds the age of Aquarius. As we all know, we have been through quite a lot in 2020. Saturn met Pluto on January 12th of 2020. Jupiter met Pluto on April 4th, June 30th, and November 12th. And now Jupiter and Saturn are coming to meet on December 21st, the gateway of Yule of winter solstice. As Jupiter and Saturn meet up, they meet up at one degrees Aquarius, one degrees, the very first degree of the sign of Aquarius, the age of Aquarius. Now, great conjunctions happen every 20 years. When Jupiter and Saturn meet up, they're known as the great chronocraters. Chronos, chronos connecting to time, crater, the one who creates, the one who destroys. So Jupiter and Saturn meet up creating and destroying time, time as we know it, time. When we consider time, when we consider time as humanity, we think of eras, we think of cultural signatures. We think of the Renaissance. We think of the dark ages. We think of periods where humans are marked by technology, by fashion, by art, by all forms of expression. And we are opening up a whole new cultural Renaissance with this great conjunction. So Jupiter and Saturn, it's so significant because astrologically, as we look at the planets, Jupiter and Saturn are known as the social planets or the teaching planets, the personal planets being the sun, moon, Mars, Mercury, Venus, from there we have Jupiter and Saturn. And as we go further out into the belts, into the cosmos from Earth, we have the transpersonal planets, Uranus, Neptune, Pluto, and of course, so many other beings that are coming online more and more through the expression of astrology. However, Jupiter and Saturn are extremely important. And as I said, their marriage, their merging happens roughly every 20 years, or to be exact, 19.85 years. Jupiter about expansion, Saturn about contraction. As they cycle through time and space, Three great conjunctions will form a trigon or a triangle, which is about 60 years. And the trigon will be in the different elements. So if you're not familiar with astrology, the fiery elements being Aries, Leo, and Sagittarius, the earthly elements being Taurus, Virgo, and Capricorn, the air elements being Gemini, Libra, and Aquarius, 
and the water elements being Cancer, Scorpio, and Pisces. Now bear with me because I'm going to start to break down some of the mathematics of this and we're going to geek out a little bit. So just allow the information to roll over you. I know it's a lot. However, I think it's really important you hear this. 12 great conjunctions equals what is called a middle conjunction, which is of 238 years, also known as a great mutation cycle, as this goes through all the years in an element. Four middle conjunctions, four middle conjunctions, which would be 12 great conjunctions times four equals a big conjunction, which happens every 952.8 years. Three big conjunctions equals a mighty conjunction, which is 2,858.4 years. It is said that every 40th conjunction, which is roughly once every 800 years, brings the alignment back to within about one degree of its starting place, and that this approximate 800-year cycle is termed the second-order recurrence, but is astrologically known as the Great Mutation Cycle. So I'd like to briefly speak to you about a very important astrologer and astronomer known as Johannes Kepler. He spoke about the platonic cosmos as time as universal order, specifically in relation to the Jupiter-Saturn cycle. Johannes Kepler was born December 27th, 1571. And he died November 15th in six, November 15th, 1630. He was a German astronomer. And in his time, there was not a separation between astronomers and astrologers. They were one and the same, which is not currently true here in 2020. He discovered three major laws of planetary motion and He also discovered particular alignment aspects that astrologers use today. He also marked the Great Conjunction as what it is, and he was born during a Great Conjunction. He also conducted his own mother's defense in an ordeal that lasted over six years as she was being tried for witchcraft. He said some pretty amazing things. And I'd like to share a couple of his quotes that I really love. Nature uses as little as possible of anything. I much prefer the sharpest criticism of a single intelligent man to the thoughtless approval of the masses. I demonstrate by means of philosophy that the earth is round 
and is inhabited on all sides. That is insignificantly small and is born through the stars. Truth is the daughter of time, and I feel no shame in being her midwife. So as I mentioned, Kepler discovered that significant events happened in history every 800 years using multiples of the Jupiter-Saturn conjunctions, the Great Conjunction. And so one could say that Jupiter and Saturn are therefore keeping track of cosmological periods of time, particularly the precession of the equinoxes. When Kepler was studying the Great Conjunction of 1603, he thought that the star of Bethlehem might have been the occurrence of a Great Conjunction. So he calculated that a triple conjunction of Jupiter and Saturn occurred in 7 BCE. And he also tracked some other important markings in time. 4000 BCE was the creation of Adam, Adam Creato Mundi, the beginning of Genesis, as is marked in the Hebrew Bible. 3200 BCE, Enoch the great-grandfather of Noah, 2400 BCE, Noah, 1600 BCE, Moses, 800 BCE, Isaiah, Babylon, Rome, and so on. And as we go deeper into Kepler, which I'm going to close this part out here, If you're interested in this, do your own research and you'll find some fantastic diagrams that he drew that mark these cycles of the Great Conjunction and the sacred geometry in it is so beautiful. So in our timeline, we can see that We are beginning this air cycle. We had a very brief entry into it in 1980. And that was when Jupiter and Saturn met in Libra. It was the beginning of the air information technological age. And I personally always think of Epcot Center because I think it opened in 1984 and my family members lived near Epcot and I went to Epcot very soon after it opened. And I'll never forget their concept of the future, how they were presenting the future very much focused on air information technology, flight um, technology, supporting humans, All of that was coming online. However, the last time we had the Great Conjunction, it was in 2000, and that was in Taurus. So that completed the Earth cycle. The Earth cycle went through the 19th and 20th centuries. The fire cycle went through the 17th and 18th centuries. The water cycle went through the 15th and 16th centuries. 
The last air cycle went through the 13th and 14th centuries, and the last earth cycle went through the 11th and 12th centuries, and you can continue to take it back through time and space. So since the 19th century, we have been in earth signs, we have been collectively, culturally focused on building on earth, which unfortunately has become quite destructive, very focused on pillaging, raping the land, destroying the land. However, there's also been beauty, right? Because even in that destruction, there's always a polarity and humans have always created beauty. And we've discovered a lot about earth and grounding and anchoring to earth. And now we're going to come into this whole new air cycle that is based on energy revolution, on travel, on aviation. And we must ask ourselves, what needs air? What needs breath? Stories, songs, new concepts, thought, intelligence, technology, space travel, flying, virtual realities. The last time we were in an air cycle was a time of the Mongol Emperor Genghis Khan. From a, He was alive from 1126 through 1227. And at the exact last time when the Great Conjunction was in Aquarius in 1226, he withdrew his armies. And there was a lot of bloodshed, there was a lot of conquering and pillage and death, and it was a massive cultural flux change. Also around 1284-1285, King Philip, who had been in debt to the Templars, made false accusations against them. And through that, there was destruction, there was challenge, there was revolution. So we can see that happening in two different parts of the world. Now, as I'm sharing this, I'm not sharing this so that you're afraid of destruction and pillaging and brutality. In many ways, we have been living through these cycles and we're coming to a place of bringing greater conscious awareness to the systems of oppression. We're working on decentralizing power. And at the same time, there is still very much a system of oppression that is working to distract humanity from their inherent sovereignty and creativity. So this is a powerful time where we as humans get to vote with our sacred life force, with our instinctual nature, with our holy energy, how we want to move through this great conjunction. And with that, I want to explain these archetypes of Jupiter and Saturn more in depth so you can understand how these two teacher planets work. Jupiter connected to Greek Zeus, 
rules Sagittarius and also Pisces. Jupiter connected to the colors of yellow orange, the day of Thursday, is very warming and expansive, a mobilizing force that connects to the ligaments and the muscles. We can think of the thighs. Jupiter is inclusive and embracing, wants to explore wisdom and spirituality, goes beyond the soul, allowing an ascension beyond the material world. As one expands, there is greater success, wealth, creativity, growth, new concepts are able to be experienced and explored. Jupiter is a bridge to the personal planets of Sun, of Moon, of Mercury, of Venus, of Mars, and a Jupiter cycle is 11.86 years. A Jupiter cycle meaning for Jupiter to begin to initiate with Aries and to go through the entire zodiacal wheel, completing with Pisces. Saturn. Saturn, Kronos, Lord of the material world, Father Time, very much connected to time, rules Capricorn and also Aquarius. Saturn, connected to the colors of black and blue, cool and dry temperatures, connected to the crow, the raven, coiled serpents, onyx and blue sapphire, lead, Saturdays, all about contraction and solidifying, connected to the bones, the joints, the teeth, the hair, the the nails of the body. Saturn is exclusive and segregates, creates boundaries, walls, rules, regulations. Saturn wants us to face fear, to move through time and space with proper structure and understanding of how to build. Saturn about self, respect, and honor, dignity, and integrity. Saturn rules over the mineral kingdom and sacred geometry and is the bridge to transpersonal planets. Uranus, Neptune, Pluto. A Saturn cycle is 29.65 years. So as these forces come together, Jupiter expands to embrace that which Saturn validates by solidifying into form. Jupiter then expounds and activates that which Saturn has consolidated and made anchored to earthly matter. Jupiter will most likely magnify the limitations and restrictions of Saturn. This can in turn stimulate new growth upon the structures of the established culture, therefore creating a rhythmic breath of social change that cycles through every 20 years. So this particular great conjunction, December 21st, 2020, it is the closest alignment of both Saturn and Jupiter in air signs since 1623 and the tightest since 1226. Before we dive into the particularities around this great conjunction, this one in 2020, I also want to review some important dates that exemplify 
2020 in an astrological cultural lens. The last time Jupiter, Saturn, and Pluto were conjunct in Capricorn was in 1894 BCE. 1894, that was when the ancient city of Babylon was established by Samu Abum, which grew significantly in six generations. In the sixth dynasty, King Hammurabi codified a series of simple rules and regulations inspired by the Samash, the sun god, which brought in socioeconomic realities and regulations that were etched and stoned and have influenced modern law to our current times. I believe this is so significant and that as we're speaking of dissolving the patriarchy and dissolving the systems of oppression, we are going all the way back to this last conjunction between Jupiter, Saturn, and Pluto and Capricorn in 1894 BCE. Because remember, when we opened up the year of 2020 on January 12th, we had this alignment between Saturn and Pluto in Capricorn, and both Jupiter and Pallas Athene and the Sun were all conjunct as well in Capricorn. Now, as we go through time and space, in 1284 to 1285 AD CE, we could say, the modern banking system began. It was a massive financial overturning. And then in 1889, we had the first flu pandemic, and that was when wires were beginning to electrify the world, being strung up, that electricity. In 1918, we had the Spanish flu, which corresponded after radio telegraphy, the radio, And much of the world began to slowly shift to canned goods. Our second world war was from 1939 to 1945. And Saturn and Pluto met in 1947, just after. In that year, we had Roswell the IMF, the International Monetary Fund, was created, the Truman Doctrine, the Marshall Plan, the beginning of the Cold War, and India and Pakistan's independence. In 1957, radar was introduced, and as that new technology came online, we had the Asian influenza. In 1968, satellites came online, Hong Kong flu also happened. In 1982, when Saturn and Pluto passed met, on November 8th, Epcot opened. We had uh, the first CD ever sold. Thriller, Michael Jackson's album, was released. E.T. debuted, and so did The Late Night Show. In 1996, wireless cell phone Use came online and the North American flu pandemic happened. So in 
So as we see this pandemic that we're in the midst of now is also very much a part of a string of many other pandemics that are very much related to new technologies coming online and the human body detoxing the side effects, learning how to adapt and evolve with the new technologies. As this year's great conjunction aligns precisely with winter solstice, there is a return of the solar king, a return of the solar queen. Higher frequencies are expected to come from this great marriage. With the energy, the power of the age of Aquarius, we can expect decentralization of power. Aquarian energy, Aquarius is the water bearer. It is an air sign, one that is fixed, that knows how to persevere, how to be very opinionated, that rules over the mental realm, thoughts, communications, and ideas, that is preserving, and that has these qualities of being egalitarian, progressive, like the cosmic visionary from the future. Aquarian energy can be eccentric, it can be weird, it can be awkward. However, it has a need for innovation, original thought, and to create social change. This is the frequency of I am different. We can think of the scientist, the futurist, the avant-garde rebel, the inventor, the genius, the weirdo. Aquarians are humanitarian, deeply concerned with earth consciousness, and our galactic consciousness. The shadow side of this energy is being too rebellious or detached, being erratic, unpredictable, not conforming when it's actually needed. However, I'd like to remind that Aquarian energy does know how to conform because it is ruled by Saturn. It is very much connected to time. So we must ask how to thrive in the collective with expansion and contraction coming in an air sign with Jupiter and Saturn meeting in an air sign. This signifies intelligence, solutions, innovation, right use of technology, whereas past cycles were in earth signs that were very much focused on the material world. As we look to the future, we can expect to see the ending of coal and fossil fuels and other outdated forms of technology that suck and deplete the earth. We can expect to see more solar power, wind power, water power, a genius weaveling and template of the earthly elements, the elements of creation being air, fire, water, earth, ether. We can expect new solutions to come online. And so as we come through this eclipse portal into the great conjunction, the question for you is what are you birthing in your life? How do you wish to live on earth? What is the spiritual legacy you wish to leave behind? 
I invite you to really sit with this deeply. And as that Sagittarius total solar eclipse comes to craft new moon intentions around this, to work with your vision through prayer, through your daily practice, whatever it looks like. And for those of you who love a good film, I highly recommend if you have not seen, and if you have, to rewatch Jem Henson's The Dark Crystal. Now I'm speaking to the film that was crafted many years ago, not the mini TV series that came out on Hulu recently that is nothing of the magic that Jim Henson created through that film. Remember that in many ways, 2020 has required the best of you to come forth. You have faced challenge after challenge. You have adapted you have grown, you have stretched your nervous system into realms you never knew you could, and you've overcome. 2020 has forced you to grow exponentially. Please don't take that for granted. Know that you are from outer space. You are made of stardust. We are wise starseeds who came to earth to assist In these times, these specific times, I believe each one of us alive and breathing on the earth right now crafted a soul contract voluntarily to come on behalf of our blood lineage, our soul lineage, our star lineage, to come to be these representatives during these times. To be here now for this great conjunction is a high honor. New galactic cosmic energy is broadcasting to earth all the way from the great, great cosmic womb, the galactic center, and from the cosmic womb of all the cosmic wombs, the great attractor. We are coming to a fork in the road, and as the authors of our destiny, we get to choose which path we are taking. We are in a phenomenal time of radical transformation. Shifting ancient paradigms is absolutely possible. Who do you stand upon? The shoulders of your ancestors. Who are your ancestors? We all have oppressors and tyrants in our ancestral lineage, and we all have some of the most magnificent, majestic, mighty people as well. We have the creative genius solutions. We have the backing of our lineages to assist us in these times. Call upon your ancestors and know that as you go deep into your lineage, you go back to ancient indigenous technological masterpieces of wisdom, of cultural identity that can be transmuted and rejuvenated into these times here and now. The way you can be of service in these times is to do your inner work. There is no more looking outside for the answers. The age of the guru is dead. 
You are here to live the creative life that you came to birth. You are here to find that inner radiance through your truth cord, through your unique dharmic destiny, your authentic expression, your queenliness, your kingliness. To be in service to the divine is a high, holy, holy task. To wear a crown upon your head is holy. It has been distorted like so many other sacred acts have been distorted on this earth plane. However, I invite you to crown thyself. Crown thyself on the solar eclipse and walk into this great conjunction with that crown on your head as the crafter and the architect of your destiny. The party of the Aquarian age is coming. We came for these times. So live like it. Allow your life to be a conversation with the divine. With this Sagittarius new moon, total solar eclipse, I invite you to craft the most beautiful, juicy ceremony, ritual, honoring for your ancestors, for yourself, for your descendants to come, for your lineage, seven generations prior and seven generations into the future. I invite you to craft the ceremony in your own intuitive way, trusting your process, gathering whatever tools you feel like you need, prepping the space, perhaps taking a cleansing bath before you begin on the new moon around the solar eclipse, taking the time a couple of days ahead of this eclipse and this new moon to gather that which you need. And if there are any things you collect from nature that you do so in mutual reciprocity by giving offerings, I invite you to trust how you're guided. And when the new moon comes in to move in whatever way feels right for you, to trust that what you're called to do, understanding, knowing within every cell of the bone of your body that you are a hologram for the collective. And as you truly serve through your own awareness, you are actually serving all of humanity by doing what you're called to do in the way you're guided. With that being said, it's a powerful eclipse and it is a time of fresh, innovative, new beginnings. So the one thing I really suggest you do is to create some new moon intentions. And with that, you're also going to create a honey jar. For the new moon intentions, you're going to need a piece of paper. And because you're going to fold this up into your honey jar, I'm going to invite you to find the most beautiful piece of paper that you have already somewhere in your home. It could even be a leaf if that feels called to you. And you're going to take this piece of paper 
and you're going to have a pen. I personally like to write in purple. I do invite you to find a pen and not a pencil because you want it to be permanent and you need to write these by hand. Now you're also going to have your supplies for your honey jar. So for that, you can have a little small mason jar or any jar you already have in your home that you used for some sort of cream or oil that's empty and you're going to wash it and make sure it's clean and dry before the ritual begins. You're also going to gather things you want to place in your honey jar. Now, since it's a honey jar, honey is very important, and I invite you to find the most local honey that you can to where you live. And also, there are other things you might wish to add to your honey jar. I love rose petals, dried lavender, things like cinnamon or ginger. You could also add in thyme or chamomile, rosemary, sage, whatever you're drawn to. Remember, this is for you. Trust yourself. Perhaps you have some beautiful flowers, dried flower petals from the summer and the fall. You can also add in small stones. You can add in sacred oils. And you can add in white sugar, brown sugar, molasses. You could add in other things that are sweet and sacred. Perhaps you have sacred earth collected from past pilgrimages or even your birthplace. You're going to gather all of these items. They all need to be of the earth so that eventually they can go back to the earth. And on the new moon, and it cannot be before, on the Sagittarius new moon total solar eclipse, which occurs at 11.17 a.m., that's Eastern Standard Time, so you'll need to calculate for your particular time zone, you can begin to write your new moon intentions at this time or after. Please do not do it before. However, if you're called to beforehand, you can draft them out like a sketch of what you would like to write, but you will actually write the new moon intentions at the beginning of the new moon or after. And because this portal is so powerful, I really encourage you to do it as close to the exact new moon as possible. These intentions are about how you wish to show up in the new earth, how you're birthing the new earth, how you are crafting spiritual legacy for your lineage. What is that dream, that dream, that sacred dream of your pure divine inner child that you held in your heart that you know you came here on earth to achieve? For myself, I can go back to the age of four and there are very particular visions I saw of myself that I knew I came to this planet to realize. Perhaps you too can track this. So trust that it might still be asleep within you and that too is okay. You're going to find within you the juicy parts 
where you feel most alive, where it feels really exciting and fun and maybe a little scary too. Because the sun and moon are in Sagittarius, you can very much think about anything regarding a quest for truth around religion or spirituality, prayer, devotion, higher guidance, honesty, direct communication, connection to the ancestral realm and your spirit guides. You can think of peace of mind, connections to nature, to intuition, to the earthly cycles. You can think of travel, freedom, adventure, positive expectations around foreign travel and far away distant lands. You can think of coming through legal issues in a good way. You can think of having faith and optimism, friendliness, good luck, generosity, prosperity. You can write about higher education, connection to mentors, to advisors, to professors and tutors, to philosophy, seeking answers and finding solutions. You can think of how to overcome shortcuts, self-righteousness, the places where you make assumptions, and perhaps you're overly blunt. And with each intention, you're going to write, I am easily and effortlessly finding myself. You will craft this for at least two, anywhere to 12 intentions. I'm easily and effortlessly finding myself. And these intentions are in honor of the solar eclipse of this movement into the great conjunction. You're going to write each intention down and you can write in anything else you're guided to. You can draw on the paper, make it really beautiful. And then you're going to fold it in half towards your body. And then you're going to fold it in half again towards your body. And you're going to continue to do so until it's small enough to place in your jar And at the bottom of your jar, you may have already sprinkled some sacred earth, perhaps some sacred water, and you're going to pour honey and sugar over this. And you're going to pour all the other liquids you may have, oils, earth, whatever it is, sprinkling with love, with care, with devotion. And then you're going to sprinkle in herbs that you're guided to, crystals, trust the process. When it's complete, you're going to close your jar, and if you would like, you can fill it all the way, or you can leave some space at the top of the jar. You're going to close the jar, put the lid on it, and then you can place a tea light or a small candle on top and light the candle with a prayer and allow the candle to burn, to activate this jar. And then every day... Leading up to the great conjunction, if you would like to add in another prayer or more honey or more sugar or flowers or even tobacco, if that is a sacred herb for you, you can add in the sacred items and light another candle each day. And I invite you to work with this jar through the great conjunction, perhaps even all the way to the full moon the cancer full moon at the end of December. And you're going to continue to tend your jar till it feels good for you, 
And then you're either going to dig a hole on your land and offer the contents of the jar. You'll open the jar and offer the contents of the jar and bury it. Or you can take the contents of the jar and offer them to a sacred body of water. Again, I wish you to trust the process. Whatever you're guided to is perfect and you are making your own magic come alive. Now I invite you to come and lie down or find a seated place for a journey to integrate, to clear, to anchor your channel for this most fabulous great conjunction that is coming, this eclipse that is coming to prep the way. So I invite you to find the space to do so. You can pause here, check out the timestamp and come back around when it feels right for you, making sure you're in a room where you can close the door, the temperature is good, your biological needs are taken care of, technology is free of distracting you, and you're going to come and find that position that feels really cozy and comfortable, placing a blanket over you for added warmth. going to come and you're going to lie down or sit and you're going to close your eyes you're going to allow a warm wave of relaxation to move up through the body from the soles of the feet and just begin to move through your entire physical body to imagine from the base of the spine, the soles of the feet, the palms of the hands, beautiful red, golden, silver, cords of light, cords of life. seven generations who've come before and the seven generations who have yet to come. And in this space, you begin to welcome from your left-hand side, your female ancestors, the feminine within you, going all the way back to that ancient primal first woman and all of her genius resources present flowing here and now through your DNA stones of your bones that connect to the bones of the stones of mother earth 
bring your awareness to the right-hand side of your body. And you connect into that ancient, primal, first man immediately. He's there, ready, instinctual, innovative, protective, independent. And you connect to all the men who have come before you bringing in this wisdom of the elders, giving gratitude. And feeling the backing of your ancestors, you bring your awareness back to your physical body and the space that it is here and now. going to begin to imagine yourself removing any implants, any shards of energy that are in your physical field, your energy field, your physical body that is not a part of your authenticity. And you're going to begin to imagine this electric blue light coming through to create a strong psychic boundary, enveloping your entire physical body and going in to help remove anything that is not your authenticity. And if you would like to mentally say along with me this intention in the name of God, Goddess, Creator, Divine Source, under grace, I now decree that all alien implants, all negative entities, etheric mucus, negative clouds, and thought forms from this universe or any other universe from this lifetime or any other lifetime from all levels, from my physical, emotional, mental, psychic, spiritual bodies be released now. So be it. It is done. And begin to imagine that electric blue light protecting you and then the sacred nectar begins to drip all the way This beautiful honey from the great mother drips from the great cosmic sun of creation down through the crown of your head, spiraling down through your spinal 
spinal column and pulsing through every cell of your body, filling up and healing any places and spaces where anything that was not you was removed. And you feel this cosmic honey just filling up all of you, all of who you are. And from this great cosmic sun comes a large golden beam, a beam of blue, purple, and gold woven together. These rays of light woven together, creating a triangle, pyramid of light. So that you find yourself fully encased in a Merkaba, a golden star of light. And you begin to feel one golden blue violet triangle spinning clockwise. triangle spinning counterclockwise and they begin to spin equally at the same cadence in different directions and you begin to feel yourself journeying moving through time and space and you find yourself dancing with the stars all the way back to your starseed nation connecting with your pure divine child self you find yourself seated in the divine masculine with the feminine eye seated before you that mystical marriage of the divine feminine and the divine masculine watching over the unfolding beyond time and space and you feel yourself held in this golden womb of light where the solar eye has destroyed all falsehood and all lies you stare into this feminine creatrix, you feel yourself in full alignment and full truth, full play and full beauty. She looks into you, the seer, the visionary, the embodiment of the true holy beloved with balance and dignity with complete sovereignty and a knowingness and she gifts you a scroll of papyrus and you begin to open the scroll and look through this 
these symbols, this writing, it, they are beyond the beyond, yet you know everything that is written. It is the story of your soul's journey. And as you glance at these codes of light coming alive from the papyrus, you fully remember all of yourselves, your ancient selves, your future selves. And you receive this great gift with complete honor and grace and as you're in this golden cosmic womb with this divine father and divine mother you feel purified of any trauma timelines when this was all that you longed for to be seen, to be held, to be known, to be elevated. And you allow, you allow this sensation of pure love to fill you up so deeply, nourishing you so completely, so elegantly. And you take that papyrus and you roll it up so thin and you place it in a little glass vial that you place around your neck that hits right at your heart center and immediately your chest absorbs it right into the center of your heart And you feel the sacred truth become one with all of who you are. And as you're lying there, you begin to feel the sensation of stones being placed all over your body. Mookie stones, carnelian, pink calcite, morganite, aquamarine, mica, ammonite, placed at the soles of your feet, on your kneecaps, in your womb, hara space, over your stomach, your heart, your throat, your third eye, your crown, the palms of your hands and your elbow points. You feel these stones lied out around your physical body. And the sentient beings of these stones travel through time and space to honor you, to bring you fully alive here and now. 
in your vision of the highest, knowing exactly what your divine child came to earth to create, to transform, to embody. And as you bring your awareness back to your physical body, you take a nice long deep breath up from Mother Earth. And as you exhale, you allow that breath to travel up from the base of the spine to the crown of the head. And then you inhale. You draw the breath from the cosmos and you exhale. Allow that breath to fill up from the crown of the head to the base of the spine. Again, draw the breath in. Pulling up from Mother Earth, exhaling into your vertebrae. Again, drawing the breath from the cosmos down through the crown, exhaling into your vertebrae. Once more, inhaling from Mother Earth into your body. Exhale. Inhale from the cosmos, exhale into your body. Begin to wiggle through the fingers and the toes. Circle through the wrists and the ankles. Rub together the palms of the hands and the soles of the feet. Relax the legs out long and take the hands and cup the eyes. Place the hands over the eyes and take some long, deep breaths in. When you're ready, you're going to roll over onto your right side. As you most likely spent some good time inside of your mother's womb like this. You're going to place one hand on your heart, one hand to the earth as if you're on Mother Earth's heart, because you are. You're going to offer your gratitude, and you're going to take your time to come sitting up when you're ready, perhaps taking some time to reflect about your journey through writing, perhaps slipping into a bath or going on a walk in nature, or playing with your child, or making some beautiful drawing or painting. Finding that way to express your own sacred life force, your own unique art, marking this beautiful life through your spiritual legacy, through you.
May Isis heal me as she healed her son Horus of all the pains which were brought on him. Thou, great enchantress, heal me. Save me from all evil, things of darkness, from the epidemic and deadly diseases and infections of all sorts that spring upon me, as thou hast saved and freed Horus. Free me from all possible evil, hurtful things of darkness, from epidemic and deadly fevers of all kinds. And so it is. for sharing sacred space. My prayer is that we awaken to the reality that we are a hologram for the collective. By being fierce in our authentic truth, we have the opportunity to elevate life on this exquisite planet Earth. Crystallize your medicine.